Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. decision or or lack thereof with uh, in the press conference yesterday I don't know it was much of a decision really but joining us now on the hotline uh, is Patrice McCarthy Patrice is the um, deputy director and general counsel for the Connecticut Association of Boards of Education and I think she's in Wallingford which I didn't realize I don't think we've ever met before hello Patrice hello thanks for coming on are you a Wallingford uh, resident by any chance? Uh, I actually am a Wallingford resident. Oh, well, that's good. We've never, I don't think we've ever met. It, I live in Wallingford as it, well. It, it, it's very hard to hear you. I don't know if there's a way to adjust the volume. All right, Matt, can you, uh, can you boost that a little bit? That's much better. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, so, Patrice, uh, General Counsel, Deputy Director, Connecticut Association, uh, Boards of Education. What, what, what is the – give us just an overview. What is the – purpose the function of the CAB we are a nonprofit membership organization that provides support in a variety of ways to our local volunteer elected officials and we provide policy guidance professional development opportunities we work with individual boards to help them govern and provide an effective and efficient public education for our students Okay. Um, we were talking the first hour about the uh, decision of the press conference yesterday, Governor Lamont, um, the decision to uh, at least state that they were ending the mask mandate as of the 28th of February, but leaving it up to the districts to make the individual, individual decisions. Um, what's the position of the CABE on that? Well, clearly our state has done a good job by relying on our public health officials as well as our commissioner of education to make sure that we have the best opportunity to provide an in-person educational experience for our students because we know that for most of our students that is the best place for them to learn and have the other supports and the other opportunities for socialization with their peers 
to be able to be in school. So that continues to be the focus. I've just been listening to the public hearing, and uh, our commissioner of public health has assured the legislature that there will be guidance coming out in terms of how local districts can make those decisions as to whether they should continue to require masks as well as the other mitigation strategies that have been effective in schools so that we don't uh, have to have education interrupted. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the focus of our school boards and our superintendents. I, I'm in favor of that. I'm in favor of in-person education. I think uh, I, I don't think the remote thing worked. I, I'm not for not for anyone's fault. I don't think any, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying I don't think it was a particularly effective. Maybe with teenagers, high school kids, not necessarily. Certainly not necessarily elementary age. Certainly not successful at all in the special needs community. However, however, I've talked with um, school psychologists. I've talked to pathologists. I've talked to counselors. Uh, Without exception, uh, the the feeling is the masks have caused some difficulty, particularly for younger kids, where they're trying to form language and pronunciation and enunciation, and they they look toward they're dependent upon looking at mouth movement for those kinds of developments. Um, what I what I guess I'm I'm not clear on is, and I'd love to hear your your thought. I think at this point, the, the statewide infection rate four four seven something like that dropping, dropping, dropping. Uh, I think the science is the same in Wallingford as it is in uh, Thompson, or Greenwich as it is in Danbury. Why why would we leave this decision? Why why can't we just make one state decision on this? Keeping in mind, of course, a, a variant could arise, and we may have to go back to something else. But why leave it up to individual districts? Well, I think that our Commissioner of Public Health has indicated that that opportunity to make those local decisions is what is going to provide the best likelihood that we won't have to switch to the remote learning environment. And while there may be similarities around the state, it's not that different from snow days where weather conditions in uh, the hills of, of Litchfield are rather different than they might be in Meriden, for example. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I understand that, but I mean, if you look at the state map, I, I, I was just on the, uh, on the uh, let's see, it's the uh, data.ct.gov health and human services slash COVID-19 uh, website, and, and across the state. I mean, there's, 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 no, there's no big outbreaks across the state. The levels are dropping, have been dropping for weeks. Hospitalizations have dropped. So, again, I, I, I can understand certainly we get more snow in Ridgefield than we get in, uh, in, in Greenwich. But, but that, you know, that, the weather and COVID isn't exactly the same comparison here. So I, I'm, not, I'm not quite clear why, why we would, if we, if we can make a statewide mandate and say everybody has to wear masks, I, I don't know why we can't just say, well, you know what, it's a, it's a mandate that's ending and the school kids can be kids and take their masks off across the state. Again, I think the important thing is we don't know how this uh, pandemic is going to continue to play out. And the ability to pivot quickly at the local level to enhance the mitigation strategies that are in place that, that protect the safety and health of our students, our staff, as well as the community, um, that's what is going to allow us to continue with in-person instruction. And I think as we see this play out, um, districts are, are obviously going to try to provide 
the safe environment, but also proceed to reduce some of these uh, strategies that they have had to put in place. No one wants kids to have to sit three or six feet apart when they have lunch. No one wants students and staff to be wearing masks all day. But if that's what allows people to be in school, then that's how those decisions are driven. Uh, we're talking with Patrice McCarthy uh, from the Connecticut Board, um, Connecticut Association of Boards of Education. Um, when when does it end? Do you suppose, Patrice? At what point? At what point does uh, do the teacher unions and and local officials? At what point do they go? Okay, you know what? It's it's pretty well over. We can we can take the masks off and keep them off now. Again, that's going to be a a decision that we have to rely on public health experts to give us guidance. Uh, we've just I've just been listening to the commissioner of public health say that generally in the in history pandemics tend to last only two years she's hopeful that this one will follow that course but we just don't know and this is obviously a situation that has evolved that we learn more uh every day and we have to be able to adapt to changing circumstances so i I wouldn't be in a position to make that prediction. Okay. When I, when I look at the number of deaths in Connecticut, over, sadly over 10,000, 10,154, the, the vast majority, 80% of the deaths, and if you add in uh, one other age group, it gets up into almost, almost the 90s, uh, older folks, older folks, 70, 77% of people who died of COVID are over 70 years old. And uh, and then it, it, it goes down zero to nine. Again, this is off the, uh, the Connecticut Human Health Services website. Uh, zero to nine through yesterday, there were two deaths, two deaths, zero to nine. So we know whether it's Delta or Omicron, we know that the kids are clearly the least affected population uh, with this illness. So rather than rather than scaring the kids, rather than keeping the kids uh, in a position where they're going to be behind in speech and, and potentially reading and other subjects, and who knows how, if we can, A, c- catch up after two years, or B, you know, how long it would take to catch them up to, the, to, to grade age level in two years. Why not just have the teachers wear, let's say all teachers must wear N95, medical grade N95 masks, because we know that's the only thing that's effective. Why not just do that and, and let the kids be kids? Because uh, medical experts have said that uh, even if you are, uh, have not yet tested positive, you might be a child that's very, has never exhibits any symptoms, um, you can be still transmitting that virus, and mask wearing protects those around you, even those who are also wearing masks. Because one of the other challenges we have in school is that if we have teachers and bus drivers who are in isolation or unable to work because they have COVID, we're not able to open schools. We have districts that are one or two bus drivers away from having to say, we have to cancel school because we can't get the kids here. We don't have enough professional staff in the building to operate safely. So that's a consideration as well. We, we need to not just keep our young people healthy we have to keep the adults who provide services to them healthy as well so again i just why why not require um why not require um bus drivers teacher aides paras teachers administrators why not require the group that can likely get 
COVID and could potentially be ill, although Connecticut has such a super high vaccination rate, why not let those, why, why not, why not protect the folks that can get it and be damaged by it and, and, and let the least affected population be okay. If, if, I mean, if, if vaccines work and masks work, well then use those tools as mitigation for the population groups that are most affected by COVID and which isn't kids. But, but we do know that mask wearing uh, by everyone has a greater rate of protection for the most vulnerable. We also, unfortunately, don't know what the long-term effects of this virus will be. And we also don't know what the long-term effects of mask wearing with little children is. That, 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 that is true. But, but certainly there is a concern. We, we are hopeful that there is not long-term effects for those that are uh, have mild cases of COVID, uh, as our, we've seen with many of our young people, but it will be years before we know for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I just think there's enough damage to go around, and it's unfortunate that when we're in a position in the middle of winter, when uh, all of the experts will tell us that the middle of winter is when cases should be increasing and accelerating and hospitalization should be going up, all those, all those numbers are dropping like a stone in a pond. And rather than allowing our kids to be kids, we're going to, for whatever reason, the experts, because what, what we, we know the experts have never been wrong about this, Patrice. They, they've always been right at every corner. Uh, we're going to let the kids suffer more. I, I, don't, I don't understand how that's a valid argument. But thank you. Thank you for being our guest. I hope I bump into you in Wallingford one of these days. And um, appreciate very much taking time to be our, uh, on our show. Thank you. Good. Very good to talk to you. Have a good day. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Your calls, 800-966-9842-860-522-9842. WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, welcome back. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 23, uh, 22. A uh, couple of calls we'll take before the break. 800-966-9842-860-522-9842. I, I don't know. I'm just not getting the... Uh, I'm not getting the answers I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get. I, 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 I you know, I... I mean, look, I get it. I get it. Patrice is general counsel. She's the lawyer for the Connecticut Association Board of Education. It's not going to say anything off the beaten path or, or controversial, but um, I, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand it. I don't agree with it. I think the governor had an opportunity to really show leadership here, and he showed that he indeed is a sh- shrinking violet. Let's go to uh, Florida. Rudy, Rudy, help me. What's hey. going on? Hey, I, I'm, I mean, I'm just banging my head into the wall at how stupid the whole state is yeah. and how weak people are, that they're not fighting back. Yeah, yeah. We, we are a perfect example of how to handle this, and there, there's no issues down here. <laughs> there's none. Yeah, but you have that mean governor. What's his name? DeSantis. You have that rotten governor. That, you can't use him go, as an man. example. He's got to go. I mean, he's got these brown shirts he's developing. He's got all kinds of crazy. Oh man, he's things. just evil. He, yeah, to, to, Paul called earlier and said I accuse people of being evil. Uh, DeSantis, he's just evil. <laughs> Funny thing you mentioned it though. Um, they're passing a budget this week for yeah. 105 to 108 billion dollars with a balanced budget. I may add, they have more money flown into Tallahassee 
because our businesses have grown down here so greatly and our population. He's putting money. He's a mean Republican, right? He's a mean Republican. There must be something wrong there, Rudy. There must be. This is illful gain. They can't have that much extra money in Florida because they can't be doing things properly in Florida. It just can't be right. He's putting money into the performing arts centers across the what? state. He's putting money into climate change and the, the study about waterfront property and flooding and how we can fix that. He's putting money to build a reservoir to clean Lake Obajobi where the uh, sugar um, companies are and pollute the water. I mean, he's doing more Green Party crybaby stuff and AOC crap than any Republican I've ever seen. But he's a mean, nasty little man. Yes, yes, he is. And, and, and his and, name is DeSantis. There's a caller to the station, <laughs> and I don't know his name. He calls him DeSantos. He's DeSantis, and he's Italian, and he's Catholic. Well, I'm, you know, you people from Florida, Rudy. I know you still live in Connecticut, but you people from Florida, you just can't be trusted. You're just not. Uh, some wrong people in Florida. Matt needs to bump your volume up again because it dropped. It dropped off, yeah. Matt, turn turn me up, buddy. All right. Hey, Rudy. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, as always, appreciate you listening. And uh, and get more people in Florida down. listening. We need to boost the online ratings. Uh, you got to fight back, down. Yeah. No, it's true. You're absolutely right. There's no question. Yeah, about I don't it. know where. Where's Jeff from Delray Beach? He used to call in a lot. You know, he called in a couple times since I've been back, but he, he's not a regular. He never was a regular. I mean, he called in once in a while, but never, never was really on it a lot. And so uh, he's, he's kind of he's kind of maintaining that same. Uh, and that electric car guy that's moving to the Kissimmee, Orlando area. Yeah, that's a that's a tough move. I mean, I'm 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 literally I could be in Disney World at midnight. Yeah, it takes me about thirty five minutes. Yeah. But if I go in the daytime, it's yeah. an hour to an hour. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, it, it, uh, traffic down there is crazy. I mean, you know you know how St. Pete is in racing season. I mean, it's just insane. So, All right, Rudy, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Keep up the good work. Amen. Amen. Tell Amen. people to download the Odyssey app in Florida and listen to Will Marotti. Thank you. Uh, 800-966-9842. 860-522-9842. Um, let's see. This is a great story. This is a great story. New penguin chicks were born at Mystic Aquarium. I told you how healthcare professionals can go to Mystic and, and for nothing. Just prove you're a healthcare professional and you can get in as a thank you for being a healthcare professional. Dr. Chelsea Anderson tells us that in the African penguin aquarium, some chicks were born. Cute little things, featherless little furry things. Takes about 75 to 100 days before they'll be full-fledged penguins and joining in the penguin population at the Penguin Pavilion. <laughs> I love penguins. I really do. That's what I like. Penguin was my favorite. One of my favorites on Batman. <laughs> what do you say now, Batman? Uh, 800-966-9842. We're going to take a break. Uh, we'll come back 1035. Um, let's see. Uh, and, and, then, and then, of course, we will set up for the last call of the day. 
the between round bagel last call of the day in the next half hour so there's still a lot to do a lot to talk about um stay tuned we'll be right back wtic news talk 1080 Welcome back, uh, 10, <laughs> I got so much stuff. I, you know, again, this happens all the time. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I have to over prep for the show because I never know. Maybe nobody calls. And, and, and maybe I, I, you know, I mean, it's never happened. I mean, we had some slow calls. And, and yesterday, quite frankly, yesterday was, uh, thinking back as I reflected, yesterday was one of the best call volume Mondays that I've ever had on radio. I could not believe all the calls yesterday. And, uh, and I want to invite you to call in, uh, 800-966-9842, 860-522-9842. Cannot let this one go. This is, this is unbelievable. So, you know, they have the big, the big protest in Canada with all those truckers, uh, and, and supposedly they're, they're, they're rotten people. They're Nazis. They're all this other stuff. And there was one guy, there was one guy carrying a, uh, Confederate flag. And his face was covered, and um, apparently he rammed his car into the crowd. So he must be, and he, and he probably probably likes Trump. Um, who was this guy? Well, they found out. They got him. They arrested him. And um, guess what they found out? Well... He is a Antifa supporter. That's right. Antifa supporter and and a pedophile. And apparently this is this is not uncommon among Antifa members. We have others who are having some struggles here. The, the man, David Alexander Zagarak of, of, of Headingtonley, Manitoba, arrested for allegedly uh, injuring four pedestrians. He ran four red lights attempting to escape. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he describes he's a he's a punk Antifa singer. Yes. And uh, his, but his his punk rock dreams were up in flames after uh, apparently a sexual assault on a thirteen year old girl. But apparently, not the not the first shady character dealing with uh, part of Antifa. Blake David Hamp, Hampy, a convicted pedophile, was charged with stabbing. A black Trump supporter. He was bailed out by the Antifa bail fund. Irish Antifa leader Pat Cochran was convicted of having seven thousand kitty porn pictures on his computer. Another Antifa member, Armin Shaginabev.
accused and, and, and convicted of horrific sex abuses of seven girls and women, the young of which is 14. But these truckers are bad, peaceful, having cookouts, not hurting anything. These are bad people, these truckers. And Pierre Trudeau, or not Pierre Trudeau, oh, my gosh. How, how trapped in the past am I? I can't believe I said that, Pierre. <laughs> Justin. Justin Trudeau. You need to lock these guys up. They're bad. Now, now, Black Lives Matter riding, that's a whole different thing. We can we can burn buildings, we can shoot people. That's different. That's different. He supports those. Justin Trudeau. I support I support BLM. But I'm not gonna support these 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 raucous Canadian truck drivers that are protesting. No, 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 no. Different kettle of fish here, my friend. Joining us now on the hotline, former managing editor of the Journal Inquirer, great paper, uh, Chris Powell. Chris, welcome to the show. Oh, great to be with you, Will. Let me ask you a question, because I, 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 we've been talking about it most of the program. Uh, Governor's press conference yesterday uh, comes out with his, his uh, well, we're going we're gonna to drop the mask mandates on March, uh, February 28th. But we're gonna we're gonna leave it up to the uh, districts to decide. That's kind of like a non-decision decision. My my estimation. I don't, I don't know what what does that do. I think he had a moment to stand and shine, and he he just was a shrinking violet. What what do you think of that um, decision? Well, he's Chris? been moving toward a local option position for for some time now. Uh, I don't think it's terribly coherent. Uh, uh, is medical policy uh, and you know politically it's uh, just evades responsibility. Uh, but I think people will will welcome it uh, because you know we're all tired of uh, the epidemic and uh, you know masks can be worn uh, by individual option. You know if you think they work. Yeah, sure. Let the parents some, decide. I'd rather. You know, I'd if you're going to give a choice, give it to the parents. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think <laughs> the governor is washing his hands of responsibility here, yeah. but uh, uh, you know it has uh, it has good impacts for uh, for people, gives them the choice. So well, uh, you know why not? Well, I just feel like the science cannot be that much different in uh, in Greenwich as it is in uh, you know West Hartford. Uh, well, you know, the cities, by definition, have you know denser population, and maybe sure. somebody could argue that uh, their masks are are more helpful uh, helpful there. I, look, I I think you can quote Dr. Fauci on both sides. Yeah, right, Dr. Fauci. He's been on either side uh, of that issue. I just feel like it was a disappointing time. I was really hoping and rooting for the governor that he would take a, a bold leadership stance on this and do something that people. Real seventy percent of people want to drop the mask in Connecticut. Recent poll. Um, I, I was just hoping, and, and what I got, what I got was more of you know, gee golly, we shucks, Ned. So um, you know, well, it's just unfortunate a situation unfortunate. here. You know, there was a Rasmussen poll last uh, uh, last month that uh, found that uh, most Democrats uh, in the country. I mean, it didn't poll specifically in Connecticut, but it found mm -hmm. them. Most Democrats uh, in, in the country uh, support enormous coercion of individuals about masks and vaccines. Yeah, uh, there was yeah. even, I think, nearly 50 percent support among the uh, Democrats in the poll for uh, putting uh, vaccine refusers <laughs> into concentration yeah. camps. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that's the party that, uh, you know, Governor Lamont is 
is is trying to uh, to lead in Connecticut. There's stories uh, <clears throat> today, I think, on the Connecticut Mirror about how uh, the governor wants to maintain some restraint in in the state budget, uh, even as uh, the uh, liberals who dominate uh, the party uh, yeah. want to go big uh, on, on extra spending. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, <laughs> given the situation the governor's in, uh, you know, he's uh, he's a pretty moderate guy uh, among his, uh, you know, his own party. Uh, mm-hmm. now there's no challenge to him uh, for renomination in the party, at least uh, at least not yet. But uh, he's uh, he, he's definitely. Uh, you know, going against the tide in his own party here. Chris, I'm working up against a, a, a time crunch of my own doing. It's no one's fault. But I wanted to talk to you just quick, a couple minutes about this uh, latest piece that you wrote on uh, Wooden Hayes and Colangelo should teach them a seminar on ethics. I'm hoping that's that's tongue in cheek when I say it. But um, what, what's going on here? I mean, what, why 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 is our state facing some of these issues with these folks? Well, we we have the state. Uh, Treasurer uh, Sean uh, Wooden uh, was really exposed by the uh, Connecticut uh, mayor a few weeks ago for uh, <clears throat> really doing a negligent job with the uh, state's unclaimed property program. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. You know, most of the money was being, over the last 20 years, uh, has been uh, confiscated by the, the state and not much was being returned. I think mm-hmm. only about 37%, in large part because the treasurer's office had stopped uh, advertising the uh, the program. The, the state treasurer could put himself into uh, uh, state contractor paid commercials for uh, the uh, college savings plan, but uh, but he wasn't advertising the uh, the so-called big list of uh, unclaimed property. Uh, uh, the Connecticut Mirror exposed him for that, and uh, he uh, he went bonkers about it. He sent out aides to. Uh, first try to uh, evade questioning, direct questioning from the, the mirror, and uh, then he sent out aides to uh, to write essays saying that the mirror's story was uh, was misleading, but it wasn't misleading at all. And uh, <laughs> a few days ago, uh, uh, the treasurer did come out in public to announce that there would be improvements in the program, and he, he did met, mention uh, parenthetically that what his aides had said uh, previously, that is that state law prohibited him from Advertising the uh, the smaller un- pieces of un- unclaimed property, the, he he came out and acknowledged, no, that was not correct. That you know his aides aides had had misinformed the public. It wasn't uh, the mayor's story that misinformed the public. It was his own office that misinformed the public, yeah. trying to yeah. make excuses for him. So uh, you know this I thought was uh, uh. pretty pretty dishonest. Uh, uh, then uh, you wanted to talk about uh, Johanna Hayes. Well, oh, was, paying her kids. I, I I covered that story. Paying yeah. the kid, putting the kids on the payroll, and yeah, who knows? I mean, maybe the they were. It's legal. But yeah, I, I mean, the leaking envelopes or something. You know, who knows what they're doing? Yeah. Well, you know, putting one on the <clears throat> the payroll, you know, you might get away with two is exploitation. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the scandal with the chief state's attorney who. <laughs> uh... seems to have hired the uh, the daughter of a state budget official uh, as the chief state's attorney was trying to get the budget office to uh, <clears throat> approve raises for himself and his his staff i mean this is minor this is minor problem in, in politics but it's you know it's still no, it's just it's part and parcel police. i mean it's you know and I, it's not just here in Connecticut; it's all over but it's just the that's the it's the it's the curse of not being able to have proper oversight control 
uh, audits, um, you know, all, all those things that should take place that don't take place, and then everybody just accepts them as being... Well, in all these cases, journalism did the job to expose it. And, yeah. uh, you know, journalism is still yeah, no, important it's still, today, still, and we're losing it, unfortunately. But uh, without journalism, these things would not have been exposed. And, and, and I agree, and you, you, do, you do a great job yourself, and, and, I, and I applaud C.T. Mirror. They do a lot of great work, and others, others like them. So, Chris, thank you so much. We'll, uh, hopefully we'll connect next week, all right? Thank you, Will. Thank you. All right, right now we're going to set up for the last call today. Last call today, a couple minutes early. Last call today. Last call today is sponsored by Between Round Bagel, Deli, and Bakery. They have locations in Manchester, South Windsor, and Vernon. If you're the last call today, you will get a dozen bagels, from them, free, for six months. A dozen a month for six months. Uh, 800-966-9842. 860-522-9842 are the numbers. And the phone lines are open. And we're waiting for your call. And um, it, is, it is difficult for me to um, be happy or satisfied about this uh, call uh, the governor made on this uh, uh, mask situation. I think um, it, it, it's, it, it'll end up being uh, too little, too late, and what else is new? Um, I don't know. It's frustrating to me. Uh, here, here's a story. Um, so I mentioned the, the, the number of pedophiles that have been involved in, in Antifa, Antifa, whatever you prefer. Uh, this is a story, this is a true story, uh, there's a professor, his name is Alan Walker, and this isn't, this isn't, he's not the only one. There's an entire movement about this throughout the community, entire movement that uh, he wants to stop using the term pedophile, pedophile. I know the pedophiles, that's how the British say it. Pedophile, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's demeaning, harmful, negative effects. And they want to use a different term. This is, this is being pushed. This is being pushed all through the country, all through the, uh, the world, actually. They want to use a different, and they want to call it, are you ready? Are you writing this down? We no longer call child molesters and other deviants pedophiles. We're going to call them minor attracted persons with the acronym, acronym MAP, M-A-P, for short. Minor attractive persons. That's what we're going to do. And um, so, and this is what this Professor Alan Walker says. Um, from my perspective, See, for, let me back, back up. He says, first of all, I said, a lot of people, when they hear the term pedophile, they automatically assume it means sex offender. And that isn't true, says Professor Walker. It leads to a lot of misconceptions about attractions toward minors. From my perspective, there's no morality or immorality attacked, attached to attraction to anyone because no one can control who they're attracted to. In other words... It's not who we're attracted to that's okay or not. It's, it's the behaviors of how we respond to attraction. Well, all right, I'll agree with that. But why, why change the terminology? Why? Why, why? why, why make it seem like it's, a, it's a, a, an innocent, uh, I don't know, you can't call it an innocent crime, 
adults taking advantage of children, teenagers, let's say, um, you may have an urge to do it, but you need to not do it. And if you do do it, you need to be institutionalized. You know, they say well, pedo pedophilia is one of the two uh, mental disorders that's not curable. Can't fix pedophiles. Can't fix them. It, it's, uh, and I'm not, it's just, I'm just saying, it's, it's psychiatrists will tell you that. That's what they believe. They believe, they believe there's no, no, you can treat them, you can do it. But they're, they're, once, it's, it's, you can't, can't put that corral horse back in the corral. That's the problem. So, uh, this problem. All right, let's take two quick calls. Uh, we're set up for the last call of the day here. Let's go to Stephen Nakatak. Steve, go ahead. Yes, hello, Pastor. Well, we're talking about you can't, they don't want to use pedophile. Is that the word? Right. They don't, they don't want to use that term anymore. It's degrading to people. They want to use minor attracted persons. Oh, MAP. For well, sure. you know what? I, I'm not sure if I could say this on the air, so I'm not going to. But there's a certain kind of file that you can buy at the hardware store. And there's a certain name that goes with that file. Yes. And it's 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 a derogatory term for a very unworthy, un, unlikable person. Um, there's a file that you could buy at the hardware store, and it's a seven-letter name, and it's right there on the package. Yeah. Yeah. Of this file. Now, well. <laughs> I mean, so it's there, but I mean, I don't want to be cut off, but it's a seven-letter name. I, I think you've described it well, Steve, and, and, and I'm not cutting you off because of that, but I just have to go and I want to get, I've got one more call I want to get to. Uh, between round bagel, last call of the day, uh, goes to Jill in Weathersfield. Jill, congratulations, last call of the day. That's awesome. So when, you, when the call's over, we're going to put you on hold. Matt's got to get your mailing address. He has to send you a certificate. Go ahead. you got about a minute. What, what's on your mind? Okay. Um, I worked for the state for 15 years, and I just was listening to the gentleman you had on from the newspaper about, you know, it, it's just so unfortunate. And if people only knew, and I know it goes on everywhere, but, you know, everyone enables each other. Mm -hmm. And... It gets to the point where it's maddening because so I work with special needs people. So the whole the, the whole department suffers from everyone enabling everyone else because everybody has dirt on everybody else. Yeah. So you yeah. can't call anybody out because then the whole department will go down and it's 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 no, maddening. It's, it, I know it's a mess. Maddening. It's a mess, and, and there's so many things that we could do to correct it, but we're just not willing to, and it's bad. You never can because nobody wants to, like, I can't call you out on anything because you might call me out on Right, that. right. Everybody's and looking to have dirt on everybody else. It's, it's, it's protection. It's protection. It That's how we protect ourselves, by having, having something on people who might call us out for something. But, it's Jill, I'm going to put you on hold. Matt's going to take your information. Thank you so much. Guys, i got to run. Um, thank you so much for, um, thank you so much for being, uh, on the program today, man. Awesome job. And, uh, God bless you. Have a good afternoon. Stay warm, stay dry. Uh, God bless you. Love you guys. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.